0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Our famous founding patriots, Patrick Henry, said the famous phrase. Let's see if we know the phrase. He said, give me liberty or give me... Death. Good job. But when it seems, when it comes to our uh, money, Americans' motto seems to be: forego financial liberty and give me debt. (laughs) Americans, we love our debt. What is debt? I mean, what is it? What is it? It is simply debt. Is simply borrowing today against our future tomorrow. And we all get into debt the same exact way. One little want, one little desire at a time. In fact, Americans typically spend 108% of their income. I want you to think about that. That means for every dollar that you have, somehow you are able to spend a dollar and eight cents. How's that possible? You only have a dollar and yet you spent that. How did you spend that? With this. (laughs) Right? This is how we get this, it's with this. We love our debt. So spending uh, money, debt is spending money today on things that you want today with money you don't have today. And this debt is a trap that has ensnared so many of us Americans. In fact, the majority of Americans are trapped by this debt. I wanna illustrate this debt. So I'm looking around. James, I see you over there. I'm gonna ask that you come up here for a minute. Everybody give James a hand. Come on up, James. James has no idea what's going to happen right now, just for the record. James, I want you to pick up our debt right now. Go ahead and pick that up and put that on your back. So there you go. You got that. There you go. Okay. There you go. Come on up here, James. (laughs) How's that feel? How much does this weigh? It's heavy. It feels, it, feels, um, it feels like at least 100 pounds. I don't know. Uh, no, it's not that heavy, but it's heavy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of weight in this. This weight represents our debt. And I want you to notice what it's doing to James. I didn't tell you you're going to be standing here the whole service. <laughs> not quite. I won't do that to you. Credit card debt in America, $1 trillion. Student loan debt in the United States, $1.6 trillion auto loans 1.6 trillion dollars it's a lot of weight it's weighing you down it's not comfortable and that's the life that we live you hear 1 trillion 1.6 trillion you're like okay yeah i get it it's a lot of money okay whatever i want you to see what 1.6 trillion dollars looks like just look at it for a second 1.6 trillion dollars Bank loans, credit card loans, student loans, auto loans. It's weighing us down. The average American household is weighed down by 20 to $60,000 in debt outside of their mortgage debt. I want you to think about this. We're the most prosperous country on planet Earth, and yet we cannot live within our means, and we are weighed down by this debt. We are not money-wise, and so consequently, we as individuals and as a nation are in a debt crisis it's heavy it's not comfortable is it i know you wouldn't want to stand here this whole service wearing that thing it is not comfortable what he's going through again one more time give him a hand you're not leaving yet (laughs) we're trying to root you on because i know you're starting to sweat a little bit our country again personal debt crisis we also have a country debt crisis our country is 34 trillion dollars in debt it is growing how would you like me to add to this $100,000 every 3 seconds which is a million dollars every 30 seconds a million dollars go watch not during the sermon but go watch the debt clock it just kind of it's pretty trippy it's pretty surreal to look at it's pretty sobering a million dollars every 30 seconds. Our way of handling money is not working. It's brutal. It's inconvenient. It's painful. It's weighing him down. James, I want to thank you for coming up and wearing this. Um, I'm going to have you go ahead and exit the stage, but I want you to continue to wear it as you sit in your seat, okay? So I do want you to do that. I'm not quite done. It won't be for the whole service, but if you don't mind taking your seat and still wear it for a little bit. Hey, thanks, James. Appreciate being a trip. <laughs> you know, you still gotta wear it. No, I really do want you to wear it. No, you're smart, dude, you're smart. That, that was genius. I'm gonna have to tell the next service. The last guy in the last service didn't figure that out. James knows how to manage death. there. We're gonna have to talk to him. <laughs> We do have a personal and national debt crisis. Here's what I want for you. I so badly want you to not be the person who's weighed down by debt. I want you to experience freedom. Freedom from that weight. I want your life to be free. I want you to be able to live the life that God has for you, a better life than to be weighed down by debt. And so I am hoping and I am praying that today's message will be something that God's spirit grabs you and that there will be a sense of of conviction inside of you that says enough is enough. I'm going to do whatever it takes by the power of God to do everything I can to work to get out of debt ASAP. AP, as fast as possible. God's word has so much to say about debt. God shows us how to be money wise so that we're not weighed down by the debt. I want to look at a couple passages today. I'm going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 28. In this passage, one of the things we discover with God and his people, the Jewish people, is God entered into a contract with them, if you will, a covenant. And he made basically a deal with them. And he said, "Here, here's some conditions, and here's what I'm going to do if you meet those conditions. And part of those conditions, God says, if you'll obey me and you'll follow me and you'll do what I ask you to do, then I'm going to bless you. And one of, part of that conditional relationship uh, had to do with this topic a little bit as it pertains to finances and money and debt. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says this, the Lord will send rain the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. God told his people that part of the blessing that I have for you that I'm gonna pour out on you is that I am going to give you extra you are going to have margin. You're gonna have margin so you can enjoy life. Margin, in fact, so much that you could actually give or lend to others, and you will never have to borrow from other people. Why would God do that? Why is that so important that God wants us to have freedom and, and, and have extra and have margin and not be someone who has to be weighed down by all this debt? Why? Because God told us, here's what happens. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. Now that word rule in Hebrew literally means to gain control over, to have dominion over, to have authority over. And the Hebrew trans- word translated as servant is the word abed. And that word abed literally means slave, which is why some translations say the borrower, the rich rule over the poor, and a borrower is a slave to the lender. If you have debt, if you are sitting there and weighed down by the hundred pounds, maybe it is, James, maybe it is a hundred pounds. If you're weighed down by a hundred pounds in debt, you are in bondage. Someone or some company has control, has dominion over you, has authority over you, why would we ever wanna sacrifice our liberty and our freedom to be a slave? Give me freedom or give me death. Patrick Henry, you know what he was saying? I would rather be dead than be someone who's a slave. Debt is done it makes us a slave. Someone or something has control, has authority over us, and that is weighing us down from the life that God has for us. James, thank you so much for wearing that and sitting with it. You can take it off now and you're good. So thanks again, James. Appreciate it. Now, some of you are like, okay, that's dumb. But Pastor, you don't understand. I'm in business and business debt, you know, it's different. And I understand that. We're not talking today about business debt. We're not even talking about mortgage debt per se. Those are topics for another time. We're talking about the personal debt that we all take on because our wants and our desires exceed our income. The borrower is a bed, a slave in bondage to the lender. This type of life is stifling, it's repressive, it's miserable. In fact, it's the very opposite of what Jesus has for us. Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I want you to, in he said, in me, you will have abundant life. He's talking about eternal life, but he's also talking about life here on earth. And he said, I want you to have abundant life, life to the fullest, real and better life than you could ever imagine. And so I just asked the question is, is abundant life being a slave and living in bondage and being debt and filled with debt? No way. That's not what God has for us. Is being a slave to, to our money problems and stressed out about all that and being weighed down, is that the abundant life that Jesus has for us? We would just intuitively know. No way. That's not life to the fullest in Jesus. So today, debt relief is being offered to you. Now, I do want to tell you, you will have debt relief today. But you need to know that there will be no magical waving of a presidential pen in which it just goes away and your debt is relieved. It will take effort on your part. It'll take effort. You got yourself into the debt, but with God's help, you can get out of the debt. Besides, Scripture is clear. Psalm chapter 37 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay. Now, if you're here today and you have no debt, I just want to say praise God. Hallelujah. That's incredible that you know what it's like to experience that freedom. But what I'm about to share is just as important for you because we are looking at money-wise steps for all of us to live our lives by. Also, maybe you don't have debt, but uh, this, uh, let's say you don't have debt, but you aren't fully giving, you know, a tithe, the ten percent to your local church, or, or even more. If that's you, this message is for you. If you don't have three to six months of living expenses just set aside and it's just there for anything that comes your way, any emergency. If you don't have that, today's message is for you. If you're not sending 15% uh, of your income to retirement, this message is for you. If you haven't fully funded your kid's education, if you haven't uh, paid off your house yet, the message today is for you. And if you find yourself being in the very tiny minority of people, statistically speaking, who everything I just listed off, you're like, check, 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 I'm good. If that's you, again, praise Jesus. But today's message is for you as well. Why? Because if that's you and you're in that sliver of a minority of people, then you have a responsibility you have a responsibility to take what's being taught here and passing that on to somebody else. You can't hold on to what's happened in your life. That's a testimony that needs to be shared and encouraged towards other people. So today's money-wise steps are for all of us. So how do we overcome our debt crisis and get financial relief? Well, the first thing we all want to do is we want to track the money. Everybody say track it. We want to track the money. If you don't know where it's going, at a minimum, you won't have much to show for yourself, and you'll probably just barely be getting by, and at worst, you'll be up to your eyeballs in debt. So track it, track it, track it, track it. And one of the biggest reasons for you and I to track it is because we all know that with a simple swipe of a card, We can increase our standard of living instantly. Putting our name down on paper with a signature, and we can increase our standard of living. I know I can do that, and I'm as tempted as anybody else. But by tracking it, I am far less likely to swipe that card. Why? Because I know I'm tracking it, at the end of the month, I don't want to get a bill for which I can't pay for it. Tracking it is the game changer when it comes to being money-wise with our finances. Tracking means that we are naming every dollar we spend. And once you and I track it, and we we put a name to every dollar we spend, it might surprise us. We might find, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was such close friends with the Dutch brothers. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea that Home Depot and I hang out a lot, that Mickey and Winnie the Pooh are good friends too. I had no idea. Name every dollar you spend. Track every dollar you spend. It is the first key to get out of debt, to living debt-free, to experiencing freedom. So what helps you name your money? What happens? What do you do? How do you actually track it? Well, you utilize a budget. You utilize a budget. Let me ask you guys this. When it comes to taking money advice, who do you go to? Who do you seek after for money advice? Do you go to the broke neighbor or broke relative for, for financial advice? No. I would suggest to you that you would seek out the 11 million millionaires in our country and see is there any common denominators with all of them. And if you did that, you would discover 93% of the richest people in our country, of the 11 million millionaires, 93% of them utilize a budget. There's many of us here who say, ah, oh, no, but no, no, it's not for me. Okay. Keep being broke. (laughs) Keep having debt up to your eyeballs. Because when I listen to people who figured some things out and go, man, 93% of them? They use a utilize a budget, that's something that I might want to consider. You know who doesn't want you to use a budget? Chase, Citibank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, American Express. Listen, a budget isn't evil. A budget's a tool. A budget is actually, it's a plan, it's a tool that's going to help you have more control than you've ever had. I've talked to so many of you over the years about your finances. And the common denominator for people who are weighed down by their debt is they feel so out of control in their life. Listen, a budget changes that. It brings in a level of control into your life that will give you some more confidence and give you some peace. And if you choose to utilize a budget, here's what I can guarantee. If you start tracking it, naming every dollar by by utilizing a budget, it will be as if you just got a raise. Guaranteed. When you start naming it and you realize where it's going, if some of you say, man, I didn't get a big enough raise this year. No problem. Do a budget. Let me say I haven't had a raise in years. Okay, do a budget. Instant raise. It's an instant raise. I've talked with so many of you over the years, and when we talk about this topic of budget, you'll tell me, man, I, I, I tried to do a budget. I did. I tried. Well, if you are with us in the last series, what did we discover about trying? Trying is. Let's see if anybody remembers. Trying is a recipe for what? For, for failure. Don't try, train. Don't try, train. If you try, you will give up. So don't be half-hearted, go all in, because if we don't actually have a money problem. I know we think we do, we don't have a money problem, we actually have a behavior problem. So, Name every dollar, track it, and do that by creating and following a budget. That's financial training. Don't financially try, financially train. Follow a budget. And in order to follow a budget, you will then take some steps that are really important in this journey so that you can overcome your debt crisis. You, for a season, will need to say no for a while. I want you to listen to Titus chapter 2, and there's some key words that jump out to me here in this passage that that I think are good principles for this idea of overcoming our debt crisis. Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11, it says this, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It, the grace of God, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait For the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think there's some great words in this passage that, principally speaking, speak to what we're talking about today. Obviously, it's not a passage about money, but there's a principle behind this. And we see in this passage that the grace of God does something for us. For those who are Jesus followers and the grace of God is in your life, it teaches us to say no, notice there, no to our worldly desires. It teaches us to be able to be self-controlled and to wait, in this case, wait for Jesus to return. But think about that. Saying no, having self-control, waiting, those are hallmark characteristics of Jesus followers. And those who say, hey, I want to be money-wise, they also say no. They also exercise self-control. They also wait patiently now. They say no now, positioning themselves so that they can free up more money to pay off their debt. Galatians chapter 5 tells us this. Paul says, I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. When you and I buy what we can't afford, if you really want to get into kind of like on a spiritual level, that is simply doing what our sinful nature desires. You see, our sinful nature desires instant gratification, worldly desires with no thought of the ramifications, with no thought of how that plays out later. But the Holy Spirit, God tells us, teaches us to say no. So I want to practice this together. I want to say no together on the count of three. One, two, three. No. One, two, three. No. no. Ladies, do you really need to do your nails every week? No. <laughs> Man, do you really need to go golfing twice a week? You really need Dutch brothers every day. Do you really need a new car <laughs> every couple years? We can chuckle, but I think the majority of people think, of course we do. Of course we need those things. Of course. Don't think it. Will. Yeah, that's just that's what we do. I know our state, California, has zero ability to say no. I don't know if you pay attention, the California budget crisis is expected to hit a deficit of $73 billion. Our deficit is bigger than the majority of countries in the world. Our lawmakers just can't say no. It's impacting us now, and you better believe it's going to be impacting us even more in the future. But God's grace allows you and I, gives us the ability to say no to those desires and those passions that don't line up with our income. God's grace allows you and I to exercise self-control. And so the next time that your transmission goes out and it's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars, rather than say, sweet, I get a new vehicle, you go fix the transmission and save tens of thousands of dollars. A Few years back, I had a, 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 my dryer, our dryer went out. And my first thought was, sweet, I get a new one. Second thought was, man, my kids are in some expensive sports and we just really don't have the money right now. Third thought, YouTube. So jump on YouTube, lo and behold, my dryer, same situation with a fix. So I go down to on Elk Grove floor in the appliance store down there, um, Valley, Oak. Valley, Valley Oak, go in there, buy a $20 part, buy a $25 tool to put it in, and for $45, I fix the dryer. It's still going strong today because I said no, no, no. Now, full disclosure, there are often times when I say something goes out sweet, I get the new one. So I'm no sane on this. I have to work at saying no as well, allowing the grace of God to allow me to exercise self-control. Do you really need the $6 a day drinks every single day? No, you don't. Instead, get out of debt, be disciplined, be patient, say no. I want you to listen to this illustration that we get from scripture using a couple animals, okay? And it's, or animals or whatever, whatever it's called, go to the ant, whatever an ant, what's an ant, somebody tell me I should have wrote it, whatever, it's an ant, it's a a creature, insect, jeez, thank you, hello, I'm so in debt to my eyeballs, I can't think right now, go to the ant, the insect, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise, okay, so we we have a story that's coming, a parable, an Old Testament parable, And we want to consider its ways. Why? Because we want to be wise. We want to be money wise. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you? I just love saying that word, right? (laughs) When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. You see, it's so freeing for you and I to say no. The ant, work hard now. Sacrifice now so that you can be free later. Say no for a while so you can position yourself to say yes for whatever you want in the future. Say no, say no. There's another way you and I can overcome our debt crisis. We want to immediately, if we don't have one yet, immediately build our oh snap fund. You know what I'm talking about there? A lot of you call it something else, the oh bleep fund. And you want to build this, it's oftentimes called an emergency fund. And we've got to start somewhere, so a lot of ex- financial experts will say, build a $1,000 O-SNAP fund and set it aside for emergencies. Put it aside. Those of you who are further along in your money-wise journey, you're past a 1,000 and you're focused on, okay, I've got to get three to six months of living expenses for my O-SNAP fund. Some of you are thinking, where in the world am I going to come up with $1,000? Well, it's time to get creative. It's time to sell something, to do something, anything. It's time to stop going out to eat. Simplify for a season. Say no for a season. You can do it because your goal is to get that $1,000, oh, snap, fund for emergencies and to get it right away. You need it so that when the emergency happens, you don't have to now become a slave or in bondage to a lender. Now, if you are a parent of kids who are still in the home, I want to give you a tip that my wife Heather and I put into our practice with our kids. We taught our kids to build their $1,000 O-SNAP fund as soon as they could. So as they were growing up, we always taught them, you don't, say, we'd say, how much money do you have? And they'd go, $230. We'd go, no, you don't. You have negative $770. They're like, no, I got $230. No, 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 you don't. You don't have any money until you have $1,000 set aside. And we taught them that from an early age. So my kids, saving Christmas money, birthday money, working a job, whatever the case may be, it didn't take long, for them to build their $1,000 oh snap fund. We didn't give anything to it, it was all them on their own. And this is so important because 55% of Americans would not have enough money to cover an emergency expense without using this. 55% Here's what I need you to do. Uh, Let's take this side. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody on this side? Statistically speaking, every single one of these people do not have a $1,000 to their name. Just look. I don't know about them specifically, okay, just for the record. <laughs> we didn't divide you up as you came in. You guys look around. This is, this is America. It's mind-boggling to think that over half of us in this church might not have $1,000 to our name. But that's what the statistics tell us. Go ahead and have a seat, please. 25 million Americans don't have a, ready for this? 25 million Americans don't have a single dime in savings. of Americans use money from their retirement fund to pay their bills within the last 12 months. There's a better way. There's a better way. You and I can be money-wise when we follow God's ways and God's word. So let's build our oh-snap fund. There's another way to overcome our debt crisis, and that's now to eliminate the overhead. Because you're now tracking the money, because you're now giving it a name, because you're now doing a budget, because you're now saying no for a season, you're exercising more self-control, you're now going to have money freed up and available to you. Man, and that will feel so good because that's going to position you to eliminate the overhead or to eliminate the debt. And money-wise experts, they all say the same things. Where do you start? You start with whatever debt is the smallest and pay it off as fast as you possibly can. There's something emotional that happens. If you have like five or six or seven different debts and you knock one out, you're like, that's awesome. You then go to the next lowest one, pay it off. Then you go to the next one. And as that starts to build, you get motivated even more. You're not just trying, you're training and you're going after it. Proverbs chapter 13 says, lazy people want much, but get little but those who work hard will prosper. Money experts also say if you work hard at it and you go after it and you practice what we're talking about, money experts say that within 14 to 30 months you can be debt free. Think about that. We have a Financial Peace University class going on right now um, and within 90 days of taking that class the average debt paid off is $5,600. You can do it. You can go after this. You can be debt-free. You don't have to be a slave to the lender. You don't have to be in bondage. You can eliminate the overhead. You can get out of debt. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Final thought, I would encourage you to invite somebody into the journey with you. Invite a friend, a mentor, maybe even a small group to help provide you with a little bit of accountability. And I get it. It might feel a little bit embarrassing. But if you invite somebody in who loves you and cares about you, they will be so excited to draw alongside of you and encourage you. And in fact, you inviting somebody else in might motivate them to get real. And it might find out that, hey, they're just as upside down as you. And so then you stepping out and taking a risk and being open a little bit, you don't have to give them all the details, but you invite somebody in for some accountability, you might find that now God is already using you to help somebody else. Now, for those of you who are going to take this seriously, my hope and prayer is everybody does, no matter where you're at in your financial continuum. My hope and prayer is that for those of you who will go after this, here's the encouragement. Based on 20 years talking about financial stewardship, roughly three to four messages a year for 20 years every February-ish, talking to hundreds of you and hearing your stories and your testimonies, here's what I've discovered. It's anecdotal. It's not always the case, but I've heard it over and over and over. If You will go after this. You're not going to try anymore. You're going to train. And you're going to go after. You're going to train towards financial uh, peace and freedom. You're going to work a budget. You're going to name every dollar, and you're going to say no. And as you do that, because you step into this, God steps in almost like in a supernatural way, and God draws alongside of you, and something just miraculously happens on the positive side of the ledger. Again, this is anecdotal, but I'm telling you, I've heard enough stories to say to you, give it a try. You have nothing to lose. The weight's unbearable. It's weighing you down, it's uncomfortable. It's affecting every aspect of your life. God wants you to be free to not be a slave to the lender. And so God sees you making an effort and he says, I'm gonna draw alongside of you. So would you be willing to open up, to invite somebody in and take the steps and say, I don't care what it takes, I'm getting out of my mess by the hope, by the strength of God, by the grace of God who will draw alongside of me. And as you do that, don't focus on the money, don't even focus on the debt lift your eyes up. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the heavens. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. God's the one who's drawn alongside of you. He's the one who's going to help you in this journey. So lean into him. Trust him. It's the grace of God that teaches you to say no to the passions and the desires that got you upside down. It's the grace of God that allows you to be self-controlled. It's the grace of God that allows you to wait and to be patient and to hang in there and to go after this. And if you do, by God's grace, you will be free let's pray we hope you enjoyed today's message you can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org if you are ever in the sacramento area we would love to see you in person events and service times can be found on our website thank you for listening and we hope you join us for our next episode